how a side hustle spinoff turned a brand that was treading water into a multi-million dollar business. I'm your host, Nick Loper. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Today, I'm excited to introduce a longtime friend of mine who, along with her husband, set out to build an online business in the cocktail niche at abarabove.com. Chris and Julia Tunstall were blogging, podcasting, making videos, putting out some great content and building an audience, but business-wise, it just wasn't that profitable. That's when a couple things conspired to completely change the trajectory. I'll be back after this chat with Julia. Ready? Let's do it. We were just looking for a thing that worked and we tried so many things. Honestly, we tried so many things. We tried digital products, we tried services, we tried consulting. Um, and the thing that kept happening is people kept asking us what bar were we recommended. And I, you know, I want to make money, right? So I want to send people an Amazon affiliate link so I can at least get my 8%. Do you remember back in the day when it was 8%? Oh my gosh. Right. And you get, <laughs> collect your, you know, 40 cents on whatever somebody would yep. buy now. There was one guy who bought a Gucci bag on our affiliate link once, and I'll never forget that guy. (laughs) He paid for our ramen for a week. But but we, so we really wanted to send people to Amazon, but there was just nothing on Amazon we could recommend. And we just were not willing to drop to the level of the low quality products that we were seeing. And so I started, you know, I'm listening to all the podcasts and hearing all the things and everybody keeps talking about FBA. I was like, oh, this is, you know, is this really a thing? Is this the next get rich quick scheme? And, and finally, actually, gosh, Nick, I was talking to you at a conference in San Francisco. Do you remember this? And we were talking about cocktail muddlers. And I was saying, yeah, you know, all the muddlers on the market stink. They're not long enough, da, da, da. And you said, well, have you thought about doing like FBA, about selling them on Amazon? And I said, I don't know. And it turns <laughs> out you were right. Um, <laughs> was this, uh, this was the, the Funny Biz event? Yes, that's what it was. Gosh, that was a million years ago. Yeah, um, I showed up like not knowing anyone in the room and, and was very grateful to see a familiar face there. Right back at you. <laughs> same, same thing. Oh gosh, that, I haven't thought about that in ages. But um, so the rest is kind of history, really, right? I mean, in the beginning of 2016, um, I we did a summit. You remember that was like the year of summits. All the cool kids were doing summits, and so I worked my tail off trying to get sponsors for the summit. And this that was going to be the thing that worked, and it just didn't. It wasn't really worth how much time we we put into it. Yeah, but. Right around that time is when I started just saying, you know what, I'm just going to try this. I'm just going to reach out to some folks on Alibaba. I'm going to follow the rule, you know, follow all the blog posts on how to do this. You know, our product development methodology was me shouting at Chris across the room. Hey, like, what, what would your perfect shaker look like? And he would tell me. And so I relayed that information to a factory in China and they sent a prototype and he liked it. Chris liked it. And okay. so we cleaned out our savings and bought a thousand of them and shipped wow. them here. And meanwhile, by the way, I found out I was pregnant. Um, (laughs) That was fun. (laughs) And gosh, it was must have been like two weeks before our shipment arrived. Chris found out his job was going away. And so we had a very exciting sort of summer slash Q3 of 2016. It was all falling apart. And then it wasn't because we shipped those shakers into Amazon. We shipped a thousand into Amazon and they sold out in three weeks. Wow. Which was wonderful and terrifying and really, really bad because, of course, it was like a three-month lead time. So we immediately placed another order. And honestly, the rest is history. We'd just been kind of chasing inventory for years after that. If you had to estimate what was the blog, podcast, YouTube business doing 
at that time of placing that order? That's tough to say because it really ebbed and flowed. It was certainly not a regular thing. You know, if I hustled my butt off, we'd get some sponsorships. I want to say we made like $8,000 from the summit in sponsorships for like six months of painstaking work. (laughs) And of course that had to pay all expenses and everything else too. But, you know, you know, maybe a couple 500 bucks a month from Amazon affiliates and, uh, you know, scratching together 500 or so from a podcast sponsorship or two, but it wasn't regular. Everything was hard fought. Yeah. So a perfectly viable side hustle, even a perfectly viable full-time business in certain parts of the world, but not so much to raise a family in the Bay Area. Right. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> yes. So a thousand cocktail shakers. What was the investment there? Do you remember like the, uh, so that maybe it's the minimum order quantity, but like, well, how much are these things going to cost to get landed? I want to say that the shakers probably cost us back then probably four or $5 each and the shipping probably another five grand or so. So where does that probably somewhere between ten and fifteen thousand dollars would have been the total investment to start with. Okay. And you're comfortable making that investment because there just wasn't something that you felt comfortable recommending to your audience that already existed. So you knew or maybe you knew, maybe you hoped, you hoped and had a feeling <laughs> that there was a market for something a little bit higher quality. I don't know. We were kind of crazy, Nick. I mean, like, it was terrifying. I don't want to yeah, yeah. pretend it wasn't. Um, I wish I could look back and say, we, we've, you know, we had a business case and all this stuff. And we did. And we knew that we could, you know, these shakers, we were going to sell them for 20 bucks each. And we did. But we knew that we could sell them for half that. We knew we could get our money back. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so worst case, we could, we could liquidate them and, yes. and recoup our costs. Because a lot of people will say, well, you go on Jungle Scout, you go on Helium 10 and you get an estimate for, well, what's the sales volume that the top, you know, existing cocktail shaker is doing? And then we look at the negative reviews and we iterate and we make something better. And now we, you know, take some of that market share. Right. Did any of that happen? Or was just like because of Chris's involvement in the industry, he kind of knew what he was looking for? So there's a luck component here too. And I will say a, a luck and a timing component. And that was that, again, the reason we did this is that. The stuff on Amazon was crap. The best, the top option for a two-piece Boston shaker set had two stars. So we knew we'd be the top of that category. But actually, the Jungle Scout data was terrible because nobody was buying it because it wasn't any good. So we didn't, it was kind of the brave, the, the Wild West at the time, you know, the Brave yeah. New World and all that. There, there, it, there wasn't as good data as there is now, but there also weren't as many competitors as there are now. Now it's, oh my gosh, it's so crowded. In fact, Chris's claim to fame, which nobody knows him for, but he'll take it anyway, is that he basically, not invented, but he was the first, we were the first ones to bring to market the weighted on weighted Boston Shaker set. That wasn't a thing until we launched it and now they're all over the place. And I know that's a little bit obscure cocktail speak, but needless to say, there's this particular kind of cocktail shaker, this combination of two cups that just seals really nicely, but breaks apart really easily. And that Chris used to go and buy two separate sets and mix them together to be able to do that. Um, But we were the first ones to, to launch those on Amazon and, and they went crazy, you know, 500 reviews right off the bat because there was nobody else in the space. It wasn't a matter of outranking other people. There just weren't any decent, decent things to outrank. Were people, searching for it and just couldn't find it? Do you have like keyword research data or I don't know, did you do anything to promote it once it hit the warehouse and say, uh, I don't know, like giving the item away to get reviews, reaching out to your existing 
audience, which you had the advantage of having one versus a lot of private labelers are just, you know, going at it, Mm -hmm. you know, completely anonymous, completely cold. I think that's a little bit where that sort of Hail Mary comes in, because we were convinced that people were searching for this product, even though the data didn't show it. Because, you know, if, if you don't have another product whose BSR you can piggyback on, you don't know what the search volume, like, you know what I mean? Like you can do these keyword queries, but back then the data wasn't good. Like all these tools, the data wasn't nearly as good as it is now in terms of like keyword volumes and things. They were yeah. all kind of guesses. And so, but we were convinced. I mean, the, the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of doing this was one of my best friends in the world was getting married and wanted a cocktail set. I did the best I could on Amazon and it arrived and it was so terrible. One of the products was so terrible. I literally swapped it for Chris's behind the bar and told him, I'm sorry, I'll buy you a new one. Uh, I was like, this is ridiculous. We can't be the only ones trying to buy this stuff on Amazon. Once we sold the shaker, it was clear that we were right. And so we just kept going. And I didn't really do a ton of keyword research on these products. I mean, for example, our julep strainer, Frankly, I actually did do research and there wasn't a huge sales volume there. But after we launched it, there was. And I think there's a certain degree of just knowing your space, right? Like you can't, like you need a, you need a julep strainer if you're going to have a craft bar set. And we knew that. And so I think just sometimes, you know, better than, than the keyword tools, you know, it's sometimes you just got to know your market better than the data that's there. Cause the data is only reading what's there now the data doesn't know what it's going to look like after you launch until after you launch. So I, I don't know if I'm explaining this very well, but I think we just knew our market and we knew what they needed. Yeah. And that's a byproduct of having been in it for, for so long. I mean, mm-hmm. first as a participant and a practitioner, but then as a content creator and really embedding yourself in the space and, and to be comfortable making these big upfront inventory investments. And that's where there's at least to me, this it's comfortable to be, blogging because it doesn't cost you anything to create this content to right. do the next thing. And we're not talking about a $10,000 upfront inventory investment. And so that's just, that's kind of why I'm poking around at that. Just cause it's like, yeah, that's, that's some serious cash. And then not only that, but like, okay, it was a hit. It sold out. Now we got to plow everything we just made. If there was any margin there mm-hmm. into more, into more inventory and we got to lather, rinse, repeat. And now we got to come up with new product. It's like a very yep. capital intensive. And I don't know if you get to a point where you can like, well, now we can get off the ramen diet and all that. It took probably four years oh my gosh. before we were sinking every last dollar into inventory. And we had to make a balance, right? Because there was a point where it's like, we got kids. We do have to keep some of this money for ourselves. We can't invest every little cent. But honestly, that's more a testament to the opportunity than it is to like the strife of buying inventory. We weren't funded. We were completely self-funded, yeah. um, which meant that when we saw so much opportunity, but then again, it went fast, right? Inventory went fast. And so it was just a matter of buying everything we could as much as we could afford. And like you said, lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. 
Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. ANDS.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Amazon landscape, you kind of alluded to it with the well, now there's a bunch of competition in this space. Do you stress about now having all this capital in inventory sitting in these warehouses and now the the data tool, the data collection tools are better. So everybody else is seeing how much that you're selling or estimating how much you're selling. They're estimating your revenue. They're doing the same thing. They're like reverse Alibabaing you and going mm-hmm. to the manufacturer and trying to come up with their product or the Amazon basics version comes out and they undercut you do you lose sleep over that? Or like, we got enough of a head start at this point where it's going to be okay. So the answer is, yeah, I totally do lose sleep over this. But I think the the other thing too is we are a premium product. We don't fight for price because our products are just better. We pay our factories more to make a better product out of better materials with stronger welds and better coatings and better boxes. And like, we pay more for a better product. And so our customers do too. And by partnering, you know, the quality product with the branding that really tells that story, that's our insurance policy against that. And we're never, ever going to win against Amazon Basics. And that's got to be okay, because no little guy's ever going to win against Amazon Basics. If you're going into FBA and you're planning to win on price, I don't know, man, that's, there's not enough antacids in the world for me to do that. Like you got to win on something else because the big companies are going to beat you on price. They can book full containers. Heck, they can book full boats. The little guy's never going to win on price. In my opinion, you got to win on something better than price. You got to be a better product. You got to be a better company. Maybe you've patented your product. I don't, I don't know what it is. A better bundle, different colors, a better design. There's so much opportunity for creative, um, you know, making something more beautiful. Those basics type brands, whether it's Amazon Basics or your various sort of strangely worded names that are all obviously Chinese brands. Yeah. 
they are, for the most part, copying what's on the market. So if you can do something that's new and different, that's where you come in, right? Like that's that's what you contribute to the marketplace. And if you're just sort of copying what's already out there, then frankly, how different are you? Yeah. Like you're doing the same thing they are. I think the key is really bring value, do something better, give your customer an awesome experience, and they'll notice. They'll notice. If you're comfortable saying what's a typical month uh, sales volume these days? Really, it's very seasonal. Um, so it definitely depends on the month of the year, as you might imagine, our traffic drops off precipitously on precisely January 2nd every year. Um, yeah. But we're, we're somewhere around 200, sort of 300, 400 a month. Okay. So turning that initial 10 grand investment into a multi-million dollar a year operation. Yeah. But also the other thing to note is we have a team now too. Yeah, um, We have salaries to pay. We have phenomenal people that I get to work with every single day. You know, we're not, maybe I shouldn't say this since I'm on the side hustle show, but we're not a side hustle anymore. Right, right. We're like a real bona fide grown up company, Nick, like grownups for grownups. <laughs> How did that happen? Have, yeah. We have a 401k, Nick. How did that even happen? <laughs> Joking aside, that's the other side of it, right? Is the phenomenal opportunity that comes with that. Like we get to hire people smarter than me. That's where I think things get really fun, really interesting. Yeah. Now, given the Amazon landscape, if you had your choice, say a new customer comes up to you on the street, do you send people to Amazon or do you send people to a bar above.com and like the standalone e-commerce side? My marketing manager and I are always debating this because <laughs> the margins are not necessarily always better for us on our own site. A lot of people don't know this, but for example, a cocktail shaker, I'm going to pay Amazon 15% commission plus $4-ish in FBA fees. $4. Like that $4 pays for pick and pack and shipping. You know what it costs me to ship a cocktail shaker from my own warehouse? It's more like eight bucks. So the numbers aren't always the same. So the the punchline is I usually just go with where I think I'm more likely to be successful. If somebody's buying multiple things, it's definitely better to own my own store. But if somebody's buying, um, you know, like, I just need something like by next weekend. Oh, definitely just go Amazon. We can't beat them on turnaround time. We can't beat them on just getting things out the door quickly. Like that's, they're a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Is it through a third-party logistics that you're shipping out the like the the Shopify stuff? Or is it Shopify that you're using for your own site? We're we're pretty uncool. We're on WooCommerce. <laughs> okay, I, those seem to be the two big players. So they are, they are. But since we were a WordPress blog, we were kind of committed to the WordPress ecosystem. But but yes, we do have a three PL, um, a third-party warehouse that handles all of this. Okay, and are you still doing the? blog podcast content creation thing? Or does that not really matter anymore? It definitely matters. And I think it's going to matter more, more than ever, frankly. I will say we're, we are putting our podcast on a brief hiatus because we have been focusing on some new platforms and really getting our systems up and running. We have a team now. We have a sort of a content writer who's working on SEO and all that stuff. We've been doing a lot of TikTok recently, which has been really fun. Can I just say how much fun that is versus on Instagram, you got to be like perfect and buttoned up. But on TikTok, I can dive into a box of packing materials and swim around. So I'm enjoying that. (laughs) But in terms of like the content, I think that the landscape's always changing, but the value is there because you just can't win with Facebook ads anymore, right? Like you can't win in a paid environment. And so like 
that just being useful, again, people notice. We have two Facebook groups with, gosh, 10,000 members each. One's for professional bartenders and one's for cocktail enthusiasts. And that's one of the things that we do in terms of like hosting our community and like promoting just the craft of the cocktail. And just, I don't know that everything we do has an ROI, but we just really believe in the art and the craft of the cocktail and cocktail education and just showing people how to make really tasty beverages. And I just believe that it's all going to pay off in the end. And attribution is not working anymore anyway. So (laughs) as well, Um, I just, I don't know. I feel like if we as a brand really dedicate ourselves to that, and I think the customer notices. Yeah. Do you have, when you launch a new product, you're able to lean on that existing audience to, Mm -hmm. to send some positive signals to the algorithm to hopefully start reaching just the generic Amazon searcher. And maybe that's an unfair advantage versus, versus other physical product companies. It's like, oh, we've been a part of this ecosystem for, for years. And we have an email list mm-hmm. and we have a Facebook group and we have you know these other audiences that we built. I would agree it's an advantage. I am obviously biased. I don't think it's unfair because I work my tail sure. off for <laughs> it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think that it, you know, it's the you know, the 10 year overnight success, right? I mean, you see right now that I've, you know, we have a team and we're like living this life that we had dreamed of to some extent. But what you don't see is like those years and years of the famine before the feast, right? Yes. Yeah, totally. Well, what's next for you guys? Where do you want to take it? We have a lot of plans for expansion across new sales channels. We're looking at growing wholesale significantly. We're looking at growing, hopefully abroad, um, hopefully on some new sales channels in the US. All sorts of like fun, exciting things happening for sure. Well, very cool. You can find Julia and Chris at abarabove.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Whatever it is that you do, people notice. So if your intentions are good, and if you really care, and if you create good quality stuff, whatever it is, whether it's a podcast or a blog or, you know, cocktail shakers, um, I do think people notice. And I think that if you're doing the opposite, and you're just trying to get by and make a quick buck, I think people are going to notice that too. Be something worth noticing. And I think probably the rest is going to figure itself out. Yeah, I think that's true. We talked about this recently on the show. There is, it might be in crush it if we go way back in the Gary V uh, catalog. <laughs> it has like this one word chapter on like how to win at marketing. And it was just was care. Care was the whole yeah. chapter and it's like on to the next page. But people do notice and I get that feedback, you know, at conferences and events like you just seem like you're just curious about how these business works. It's like, yeah, you couldn't you can do the show for 500 episodes. <laughs> you didn't care. So true. Uh, just trying to figure out what, wait a minute, how did that work again? But people notice. Uh, Julia, thanks again. It's a abarabove.com. Mm-hmm. And we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you so much, Nick. It's so great catching up. All right. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Julia in part two of our little series on side hustle spinoffs. And it was kind of interesting how she almost echoed Rob from last week in that the search volume or sales volume, at least as estimated by the existing data tools, didn't really justify either of their projects. Remember, Rob had built shadedseats.com, but by knowing their customer, by being part of the community, they were able to build the solution, like we talked about at the very top of the show. Usually, the answers for your next steps are out there. It's just a matter of listening to your market, listening to your audience. 
Anyway, Chris and Julia, some of my favorite people, we met, and she loves to tell this story, at about 1 a.m. waiting for the airport parking shuttle at the Oakland airport. We had all flown back from New Media Expo in Las Vegas. This was my first ever conference that I went to for Side Hustle Nation rather than my uh, old shoe business. I never crossed paths with them at the conference. The flight home was delayed. Everybody at that event got the flu. So we're just not in a happy place. Like I said, it's one in the morning. The parking shuttle is not showing up. No one is answering the phone. We end up sharing a cab back to the parking place, and we've been friends ever since. Big thanks to Julia for sharing her insight. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you find value in the show, the greatest compliment is to share it with a friend. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.